And hello out there, all you Lassoholics, and welcome back to another episode of Peanut Butter and Biscuits, your weekly Ted Lasso fan cast from the Front Row Network on NPR Illinois. Uh, I hope all of you guys are ready to sing some stones and to go and dive into the great theory of rom-communism because we are breaking down episode five, Rainbow, here um, on Peanut Butter and Biscuits. I'm Jeremy Geckner, as always, and always here with me, uh, my coach Beard, I guess, if I'm Ted Lasso. Uh, <laughs> If I could be so presumptuous, Mr. Craig McFarlane. What's up, Craig? This episode, I might be more of a Nate. I don't know. We'll have to see. But it's the best Maybe. time of my week. And you know why? Because we just watched Ted Lasso and we're going to dive right into it. It's the best part of anyone's week when they get to watch Ted Lasso. Absolutely. But we are not diving in yet because we have a special guest today. We have for the first time on Peanut Butter and Biscuits. We're adding someone else into this Lasso Love Fest. Everybody, please say hi to Mr. Nick Sandercock, who's going to be joining us for some episodes. Say hi to everyone, Nick. Hey, y'all. Thanks for having me on. Uh, really excited to join the Lasso Chat. There we go. So, you know, we kind of detailed this in our first one, but real quickly here, how did you come to find Ted Lasso? Like, you know, I always love to hear how people actually got in because I'm a massive Lasso recruiter. So I always love to hear the stories. Well, like you guys, I actually watch a lot of the Apple TV plus content. And I'd say Ted Lasso was probably the fifth or sixth one that uh, just kind of popped up on our list. We had watched The Morning Show, we had watched For All Mankind, and we had watched Little Voice, the Sarah Bareilles uh, show that's on there. Really enjoyed those. And by that point, all of Ted Lasso was on, so it made sense to go out and binge it. And after that, I was spreading the Lasso gospel. Absolutely. As everyone should. Just get on the train, people. The world is going to be a better place once everybody watches Ted Lasso and tries to be him. Let's just all let's just all be make that very clear. Jeremy, you're bearing the lead here. Uh, Before we started recording, Nick had mentioned that he has watched everything on Apple TV Plus, right? Not all the I movies, mean, when they though. give you, you a free TV subscription, all the comedy. OK, yeah, exactly. They give it to you for free. I mean, you might as well. Right, Nick? Absolutely. When you when you get that new iPhone, there's some content there. And you know what? I think that they have some of the best original programming. Uh, no, no shade on some of the other uh, distributors out there. But there's just a lot of content on things like Netflix. And so I actually like the the smaller menu of options on Apple TV plus, cause I can just, you know, kind of trust that it's all of some level of quality if it's made it there to the, to the playlist. Absolutely. Well, of course, at the top of everyone's Apple playlist should be Ted Lasso. And we are getting into it here with episode five, Rainbow. We had the first three episodes of the of season two here, which was kind of meant as like one big arc by the writers, by Sudeikis and Brendan Hunt and everyone else. Then we had probably one of the best Christmas episodes of all time um, in television history with the Carol of the Bell. And now we are here into what I would I would probably describe as like this one feels the most season one-ish, doesn't it? Like, this is kind of the one where it's like, okay, everybody, if you were like a little, you know, we're going in some weird directions or not weird, but like some different directions here with these first few episodes, this one, I think kind of firmly pulls everyone back in of like, this is Ted Lasso right here. Um, We've got so many storylines that are whirling throughout here. Rebecca has a lot of romance stuff that's going in here. We're talking about personal branding. Isaac has some kind of problems with him that he needs fixed here. And of course, uh, Ted is continuing his relentless pursuit of Roy Kent to be the coach, uh, to finish out the 
coaching staff of Richmond here. So much to talk about, but as always, let's start with just a quick overview of the episode. Nick, you're brand new here. What did you think overall of Rainbow and uh, this whole episode? You know, I thought that this was a great episode. Like you said, Jeremy, uh, it, it felt like a classic TED episode. Lots of great wisdom, TED-isms that, that pop up throughout the episode. Uh, but I really like what we get to see here with Roy. We, we get mm. some great development with uh, Roy Kent. And of course, in, in last week's episode, we've got the comedy with the door-to-door caroling. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, this is, this is great to see what he really brings into the team. So overall, standout episode. Absolutely. Craig, what about you? Well, I was hoping we'd get, you know, right after the Christmas episode, some like wonderful New Year's Eve episode or something like that. But no, this was fantastic. You both hit the nail on the head. It is very classic lasso, I guess we can say at this point, because we're on season two, uh, if there can be a classic when you refer to season one. But (laughs) what I love about this is we do get some answers to uh, some of those story arcs that we haven't had a chance to visit again yet. And I mentioned uh, already that we're going to get hopefully more Nate uh, moving forward here. But up to this point, you know, and even like on social media, there's been a lot of people that are like, I really don't like Nate this season. Uh And if you think about back to what was going on in season one and like his speech before the final match, it, it just, it, it kind of brought, some of his insecurities and the way that he puts those out to the world, it really puts them on full display. And in this, we get to see him go through some training to be more assertive. (laughs) And I really am interested to see where that's going to go in the future as well, because I do think he's a really fascinating character in that he has such a huge, uh, almost like a pent up ego inside of him that I think is yearning to come out, but isn't, he doesn't allow it to come out very often. And when he does, it comes out in such a snarky and smart ass kind of way that (laughs) I, uh, I don't know. I, I, I appreciated seeing a bit more of him as a character in this episode. And of course we get a lot of Roy in this episode and we get the, the return of Roy Kent to the squad. So, you know, it's yeah. uh, all in all wonderful episode. Yeah. We're going to get to the uh, definite rom-com parodies of the final like eight minutes of this episode, but let's, let's stick on Nate here for a little bit guys, because you're right. This definitely is like his characters coming out um, party here um, in terms of like, you know, we're finally getting to see Nate like fully embrace some of his confidence here because, and we actually get some little bits, I think, of why he's not a very confident person um, in how his dad, <laughs> you know, acts right. not just to him, but just kind of in general. He just seems like just a very surly person. Um, but, you know, like I, I did appreciate this story um, with Nate here. And I, I also am interested in this because you're right there, you know, in these chats and on Twitter, people are sounding like, mom, oh man, I really don't like Nate this year. And Nick Muhammad, the actor himself actually said like, good, you're not supposed to. And so I'm hoping that that's like something that they portend there. You're right, Craig, because Nate is such a unique character in here. He's definitely the one of, you know, the coaching staff with the most knowledge um, of soccer until, of course, Roy Kent emerges at the end. But, you know, like he's still never quite seen that way. And I think, isn't it in the, in the office where they're like, oh, we need somebody to talk to Isaac. And he's like, oh, I'll do it. And they're just and Ted's just kind of like laughing. He's like, ooh, busted. Sorry, I didn't know you were serious there. But um, Nick, what do you think of Nate's uh, arc throughout this episode here? 
this is really that turning point, right? Mm -hmm. I think when he stands in the bathroom and uh, takes that gross action at the mirror. Yeah. Did that <laughs> uh, shock I, you guys? Did that shock you guys that that's like his Rebecca power moment thing? <laughs> You know, it, it's not the one that I think I would pick, uh, but it, it was actually nice to, to see that callback to the power moment. Uh, classic TV watcher here. Uh, I've seen that, you know, across several different uh, series. One like Grey's Anatomy. Anytime they go in, there's a whole thing about standing like Superman. So it, it's nice <laughs> to see that come through. And especially with a character like Nate, who is constantly getting cut off, interrupted, or just, you know, cast to the sidelines. You know, you're made to feel feel bad for him a little bit. And then he really finds his voice here uh, in this episode. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I, I feel like uh, also his and Keeley's conversation about wanting to be famous and not having him mess around with being famous. I think that'll probably come back a little bit because he's getting more confident here and stuff. So I'm hoping it does. Um, but uh, let's jump into there from there. Like, let's get into Rebecca's storyline here. I would like to talk about a little bit because Hannah Waddingham just continues to just every single episode, she continues to be like my favorite person on this show. And it always takes me like a scene or two to remember it because I instinctively love Ted. I instinctively love Beard, but like, God, she is so good on this show. Um, and this is really starting to deepen that storyline of her. And I think this is going to be her arc for the whole season of just trying to find a genuine love after that unimaginable heartache of being with Rupert for so long and having him cheat on her. Um, uh, Craig, let's start with you. What did you think of Rebecca's storyline here and her getting a little bit further into the banter app and all of that? Well, and we also get to see, like it ties in together with Nate, right? Because mm -hmm. she is the one that's going to show him how to be assertive because that's who she's had to be. And that rough exterior is what we get a lot of, particularly in season one. And then she starts to let down her guard a little bit. And that's what I enjoy about her arc in season two, because we do get to start seeing her be able to be herself. You know, mm -hmm. even in those moments, like one of the, my favorite moments of Rebecca's is actually in, uh, I believe it's episode two. And it's when uh, Nora is saying that she would love to go to work with her because she's always wanted to know what it's like to run a football club ever since she, after, ever since Rebecca started okay, doing yeah. it. And you yeah. see this like look on her face that's just like, oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. Like it, it almost is like you, it's a hard time acknowledging your place in uh, the given universe until something like that hits you in the face. And it reminds you that uh, you are someone that is doing something that's very commendable and, or uh, something that people can respect and look up to. And I don't think that Rebecca ever feels that in season one at all. Mm. You get the, auction where Rupert comes and just completely steals the show and, and all of that. But now we're getting to see her build so much um, as a character. And I particularly love that she keeps going back to banter and that she's yeah. doing all of this and like um, that the love storyline, trying to find someone uh, to have, you know, whether it's someone to uh, replace Rupert. I don't know if I want to say it like that, but mm. you know, someone she's trying to find herself in this opportunity to date as well. And I just really appreciate the direction that she's going in. And you, you said it, Jeremy. I mean, she is just such a fantastic actress for this mm. part. She does such a good job in those little nuances 
facial reactions, uh, right. things like that, that are just stuff that you can't really even teach an actor to do. She nails every single one of those and really personifies Rebecca in a way that is multi-layered, much mm -hmm. like almost all the characters. That's one thing about this show is it's very hard to find a shallow single layered character in this show. They all have different layers underneath. And uh, once you start to really watch them, you get to see those developments over time. And uh, I, I did love her performance in this episode. And particularly I, I come back to those scenes with Nate and mm -hmm. trying to basically coach him kind of putting it, where she's in the coaching position and trying to show him how to be much more assertive, almost to the point where maybe uh, she's starting to create a bit of a little monster here <laughs> moving forward, but we'll have right. to see. Who knows? Because you definitely like when he, uh, you know, explodes on Keely in the exercise, you're right. It's just kind of like a, oh, okay, that's in there. Um, but there's you're this. right, though, when you talk about those little things she does, like there's um, a little moment in that scene where she's talking about, you know, like how she feels like a, a little girl in pigtails, like like going into these meetings with the other footballer clubs. And, you know, Keely right on cue always says like, oh, you'd look great with pigtails. And she just has this little look on her face, just like I do. And it's just yeah. like, I just love seeing her confidence in like all of this stuff there. But uh, uh, Nick specifically, I mean, you could talk about that scene with Nate and Keely, but also I loved the scene with her and Higgins in this episode. I think it's literally my favorite part of the episode where Higgins is recounting his meeting his wife and giving Rebecca romantic advice. I mean, think about how big of a thing that is a step where he was the guy who was, you know, distracting her while Rupert was cheating on her. And now they're talking openly about love. Um, you know, what did yeah. you think of those scenes, Nick? You know, we really get to see uh, those layers here, like we do with all the characters. But I think coming out a lot in Rebecca this episode, uh, we get to see how, you know, she coaches everybody on how mm -hmm. to have it all together and present that. But really behind the scenes and under the surface, she she doesn't know exactly what she's looking for. And she's, she's really finding that confidence uh, to make a decision and figure out what direction she wants to go. Uh, the scene with Higgins, of course, I, I love that uh, the, the, phone uh, ringtone comes on and the yeah. custom ringtone. It, that's just so novel. It's, yeah. I don't know, my phone's always on silent. So I would never even think about a custom <laughs> ringtone at this point. Do you uh, remember but, that though? Like those, like that was such the rage, wasn't that we would it? like go and, and seek out. And now like, just like you, I don't think my phone has actually rang in years. Like it's always <laughs> just on silent. I've got my Apple watch that like will alert me if someone's calling. I have no use for a custom ringtone. I couldn't even imagine. Imagine. But we get this great call out uh, to the title of the episode there with the uh, with the song that plays on on his phone. And it's really great following that scene that Rebecca just had with Keely, where they're talking about brand. And, you know, uh, it all comes back to branding, even with love, Keely says. Mm -hmm. And then we really get the opposite side of that with Higgins, where the best brand is just being yourself. Yeah. Uh, and there's really not a need to overthink it and get too complicated with things. You just got to lean into the moment that's right and uh, be confident in, in what you want. Uh, so it's yeah. nice to see her like take that on and then also share it uh, with our with our other characters like like Nate. 
Yeah. And I'm also very, I want like a young Higgins spinoff here because he talks about having sciatica as a teenager and also a straight up and down Mohawk. I have no clue what this guy's like young life was like. <laughs> Higgins is just all over the place here. Um, you know, we do get, um, a little bit of stuff with Jamie in this episode, but not quite, you know, not quite a ton in this episode, but we're definitely, I feel like laying the groundwork uh, a little bit here with Jamie. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll just leave it at that for now, because I think in the next episode, we're probably going to get a lot of stuff with Jamie, but as you guys said, this is basically Roy Kent's episode here. I mean, Nate is the one of the big stories here, but this is all about Roy finally coming to grips with the fact of, you know, that he does miss being around Richmond, that he does miss everything about his old professional football life and Ted just trying to pull him back in inch by inch by inch. And if you want to, like what I kept noticing is like, it's just like when he tries to get him to take the lead of the locker room in season one, he's just nudging him with a little task and a little task and everything, just getting mm -hmm. him in the door there. Of course, Roy is a little bit more wise to it this time, calling it out many times here, but um, just everything in this from his, you know, sports show appearance to the kebab plays, um, um, to taking uh, Isaac to the to the street uh, soccer game. Um, I mean, everything about this with Roy Kent really works here. Open forum here, Craig, Nick, whatever you want to talk about, Roy Kent, my boy, my favorite character. Well, calling uh, him out as he goes along, but still allowing it to happen. That's exactly yeah. what Roy Kent <laughs> allows. He knows he's being played here, but he's totally fine with that because I think. Ultimately, he realizes that that is his end goal. I mean, think about even we get the glimpses of him coaching earlier in the season, the the young uh, girls yeah. and coaching <laughs> yeah. them. And like that's some a hilarious scene. But you can tell that he really puts a lot of time and effort into that. And Keely even mentions that, that he that he doesn't have time for her because he's busy coaching. And so I think it makes sense that the end of this episode, it, it makes sense that here we are roughly halfway through the season. We have to have Roy Kent back mm -hmm. at Richmond and we have to get him here uh, so we can see what happens for the remainder of season two. But it's, it's just wonderful to see his growth as a character as well. And I loved the scene with Isaac. The fact mm -hmm. that, of course, you would ask, you would call in Roy Kent to get Isaac out of his slump and to show him again what it is that made him fall in love with the sport. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I just thought that scene was beautiful. And I love that Isaac was like, what do you mean I'm going to play here? I'm a pro. And he's like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Show it. Good luck. Yep. You know, it's just incredible stuff. Uh, again, I, I that was like very classic sports movie trope kind of a moment, but I dug it. I really did. Like, it, yeah. you know, I could see that kind of a scene a hundred times and it would get me every single time because it's someone reconnecting with a love that they have for a sport that they may have lost due to the fact that, as a professional athlete, they're dealing with things like uh, contracts and they're dealing with fan interaction. They're dealing with outside pressure. We just had a whole episode on athletic activism. They're dealing with those types of pressures as well. So to just see someone go back to the schoolyard and connect to their roots and be able to find that love and that passion again, I'm all here for it all day long. Yeah, absolutely. Nick, what about you? 
you know, with with every episode of, of Ted Lasso, even if you're not playing a sport or or playing soccer, uh, there's that life lesson. Right. And mm-hmm. Craig, I think you just summed it up well there that you got to get back to um, why you started doing something in the first place. And that was the, the great takeaway uh, from that scene. I, I really loved the street football that they they were playing there and just remembering why you got into stuff. And, you know, life is so tough and we're all stressed and there's a million things going on. And sometimes we can forget why we started doing something in the first place. And so it's just really good to get that reminder from, from the great show like Ted Lasso. Um, definitely, definitely loved uh, the beginning of the episode where um, the doc Sharon comes in and she's like, do we, do we need to work with Isaac? I can talk to him. And immediately Ted's like, no, he, he needs an alpha to deal mm. with that. And, you know, you say that word alpha, you, you have an idea who, who Ted's probably going to bring in to, to help shake up the situation. And by the end of the episode, totally pays off uh, in a beautiful way. Great soundtrack. And of course, a dislocated knee wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't be able to get through it. Uh, Roy Kent without that. Yeah, absolutely. And you you are right. Like before we before finish with the big, uh, you know, comeback at the end, um, you, we do keep getting these little hints of Ted still not quite trusting or at least not quite fully on board with with uh, doc sharon here um so like I, how are you guys feeling about this because i'll bet you this is probably the thing that some fans of the first season might be a little iffy on is because like it, it doesn't seem quite like ted to just kind of have this it, it's as much as ted can have like a standoffishness with a, a human being i think but like he definitely just doesn't seem to be gelling completely with dr fieldstone yet so how is this hitting both of you nick let's start with you yeah i mean how many how many uh gentlemen like ted do we know that really do open up yeah. a lot in in those situations of therapy or, or talking with the professional I think, again, Ted Lasso bringing a great lesson out to, to all of our TV screens. And, you know, we'll, we'll certainly see some of that later on in the season about uh, just the, the balance there of the always being optimistic and actually handling your problems head mm. on. So it's, it's nice to see that personified there. And, you know, we definitely get an incredible performance from Sarah Niles throughout uh, all of these episodes, some great nuance there. And uh, I, I really like the competing uh, competing factors that we're we're seeing there. Absolutely, Craig. I certainly agree with Nick that you know these hopeless optimists that are out there, like Ted, who always look at things positively. Sometimes uh, it's hard to have that introspective moment and think about therapy and what you might be going through. And honestly, you know, like this is uh, not to not to put you both on the couch here, but this is something that I had trouble with until I finally was like, no, you know what, you can talk to someone and you can um, hopefully that will help with easing some of that anxiety or easing those that that mind. And so I, I think that that is partially what's going on. I also truly think that Ted's divorce was the most traumatic event of his life. And, you know, we actually don't uh, find out about the the divorce uh, on screen. We kind of are finding it out through season two, essentially. Um, And the fact that he feels that the therapy sessions he was going to uh, with his um, 
the therapy sessions he was going to with his wife uh, at the time, that those didn't help. And so I can see that crossing over and almost in a way being kind of a traumatic experience. If you lose someone that you love and you feel like that last potential lifesaver of therapy just wasn't something that was successful for you at that time. And so I can understand where he would be extremely hesitant. He also thinks that, um, you know, and this might be a little bit more of the ego of Ted Lasso as well. He thinks that this is his team and he thinks he's the one that's going to guide them to success Mm -hmm. through his methods. And I don't think that he is willing to let other people come in and then be the hero because I think deep down inside Ted Lasso is a coach and every coach ultimately does want to be that person that's able to guide uh, a a successful organization, a successful team, whatever the case may be. Yeah, I think you're right. Like it's Ted even says to Trent Krim in what episode three of season one there that like the wins and losses aren't really his thing. He wants to make sure that these people are growing and being the best versions of themselves. And so you're right, even though he doesn't have knowledge of soccer, he has knowledge of how to make people better. Um, or at least try to make people better. So you're right. When somebody else comes into that wheelhouse, it's going to create a little bit of tension there. So we'll, we'll see where it goes there, but final thoughts here. Amazing. Uh, typical rom-com uh, running to your true love uh, ending here with Roy Kent. Um, of course, Nick, you already said blowing out his knee as always uh, popping it out. Um, but I loved his little run in there. I love that he had to say he was picking up a ticket for Reba McIntyre. Um, <laughs> yes, that Reba finally life. showed up. Yeah, I was yeah. So that, was happy. A, what, like that was a three great Three episodes again, <laughs> like, like three episodes ago that I mentioned that. Um, and that comes back. But yeah, the, the him walking back out onto the pitch, all the cha- fans cheering and everything, rainbow blaring. I, I just absolutely loved that. Nick, what do you think of the way the, the show ended here? Oh, it was great. Uh, you know, we started out with uh, L-O-V-E, some nice romance music. And I think, did we have our first fourth wall break of the series? I Correct think we me did. if I'm wrong. But wow, yeah, I think that, that was the, the first time it's happened. It, it, it startled me for a moment, but it was great just kind of centering everybody back on, uh, you know, the rom-com aspect that is uh, certainly played through the whole episode. I got to say, though, even before Roy gets there and gets to the end, um, there's a moment. Did you see it? Rebecca, she is on her banter app uh, with somebody. And then we get a cut scene straight uh-huh. to Ted on his phone. Yep. That's and very cool. I don't know what's going on there, but I had in all caps on my notes. I'm like, oh my goodness, oh if we Lord. go down this rum path, <laughs> Ted Lasso, uh, absolutely great finish there. And of course, we get that that beautiful payoff with uh, with Roy Kent returning to the stadium. The crowd goes wild. Everything you would expect here, except for for poor Nate. You know, he he might be feeling a little threatened <laughs> on the side, but. Uh, it's certainly a good payoff for the rest of us. Yeah, he finally gets some confidence, and then here comes Roy Kent to stand next to him. <laughs> Nothing like that to make you Little feel deflate. like crap. <laughs> Little deflate there. Yeah, yeah. And of course, Roy quoting Jerry Maguire back to him, and Beard just can't even talk. <laughs> Again, Brendan Hunt's the MVP. Craig, any thoughts on the end here before we get into our favorite section of the week? No, just a wonderful, wonderful episode. Loved it a lot. If I was going to comment anything else, it would be a Tedism. So let's get there. 
All right. Well, you know what time it is, everyone. Let's cue up those velvety pipes of Larry Smith because it's time for Tedisms. Tedisms. For each week, we share biscuits truth. All right. Tedisms, of course, is where we give our favorite quotes of the episode because there's always just way too damn many of them. Um, Nick, you are the new person here. So let's start with you. Give, let's kick it off with some Tedisms here. Give us a quote that really stuck out to you from the episode. Uh, you know, I, I've got two. So I'll just go with the classic Ted, not getting too too close into the emotion, but just some good comedy. Um, they're asking about Isaac. You know, what's up with him? They said he's a wigwam and a teepee. He's too tense. And <laughs> I just tackled, you know, the, the good dad joke that you expect. So not the wisdom that you'd get there. Uh, but, you know, uh, we've got another one we can share. But <laughs> I'll, I'll pass it over to you, Craig. Absolutely, Craig. Keep going. Yeah, well, you know, I thought you were going to take another one. And so now I get to go back and take that one because we do have to bring it up. But mine initially uh, was from actually it was a Roy Kent Tedism because I love some of his Tedisms uh, because they're just so well written. And it's when he's uh, getting food and Ted is behind him. Ted goes, oh, Keely might have mentioned where you were. And she said and he says, she told me to expect a mustachioed surprise that would anger me. It was just so perfect how he delivers that. But then we we have to pick up the big one, the the message of the show. So Jeremy, if you don't do it, then uh, we'll have to come back to either me or Nick to to round it off. It'll probably be that because a because of my of course religious schooling um, for much of my life um, in the kebab restaurant talking about Roy talking about how uh, it's his church and Ted responds with a fantastically Catholic uh, who knew transubstantiation could happen with a pita uh, <laughs> I just want to put that <laughs> on a card just send it to every religious person I ever knew there and this is the only one I'll call it, so you I'll give you guys like the more serious ones but like. Every single time I get to hear Coach Beard say, baby, I am, I write it down. And when he's walking out there talking baby. about how, you know, he could take down Sharon's door with five wax and he's going away, five wax, lumberjack world champ qualifier, baby. Perfect. Perfect. Nick, you have it down on your notes as your best Tedism of the week. You got to deliver it here for us. Yeah, it's uh it's it's a longer one, but fairy tales do not start nor do they end in the dark forest. That son of a gun always shows up smack dab in the middle of the story, just like in real life, but it will all work out. Now it may not work out how you think it will or how you hope it does, but believe me, it will all work out exactly how it's supposed to. Our job is to have zero expectations and just let go. Mm. So beautiful, mm, so beautiful, so well written. Mm. And so that we don't have to end on quite the serious note, of course, uh, same thing you do if you cross an elephant and a rhinoceros. Elephino. <laughs> Elephino. Elephino. <laughs> those are those lines you're right, Nick. Those are those dad jokes that just like anybody else says them. You groan, but for some well, reason. Well, of course you guys laugh at them. I mean, the, the well, shoe yeah. fits, right? <laughs> yes, we, it is required that we do provide at least a couple dad jokes every, yeah, absolutely. every episode. And then my last one here, it's just because it was my favorite one uh, of the whole episode was, of course, Higgins. Sometimes the best brand is just being yourself. 
that's it. That's it, everyone. That's there what it's is. all about. Higgins with the mic drops the last couple episodes. Ooh. You know, he had the <laughs> he had the toast and the Christmas episode that we ended on. He has this and this episode. They are doing right by these more quote unquote minor characters because you are getting so much out of them. I mean, even look at uh, Danny Rojas has a great line in this another Tedism where he <laughs> says, um, you know, they're asking him if he needs an espresso machine. And he's like, my mom said I was born caffeinated. Born caffeinated. <laughs> so, perfect. so perfect for him. So just wonderful overall and can't wait to see where this show goes. Already kind of sad that we are about the halfway point <sighs> in this season already. Don't but say so. Man, it's it's heading in the right direction and it's really keeping up that steam from season one and really taking us places that they couldn't have taken us in season one because we didn't have the love for these characters that we do now. And I'm just so glad that we're getting more and more of them as we go throughout here. Absolutely. All right. Well. That is it for episode five, everyone. Um, A great, great episode. But of course, you've heard what we have to say about it. We want to hear what you have to say about it. So um, you can find us all over the place. Of course, we have an email address. Craig, what's our email address? Frontrowlasso at gmail.com. Gotta love the alliteration, everyone. Also, you can find us anywhere you find the Front Row Network in NPR Illinois, nprillinois.org slash program slash front dash row dash network, or of course the Front Row Network on any of your social media feeds here. Um, Nick, I don't know if you got anything you want to plug, but I mean, do you have a Twitter account? People can at least follow your your lasso musings on Twitter or something. No, 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 no plugs there. Just uh, we'll uh, we'll leave it with a, a good sign off. And uh, thanks for having me, guys. It's uh, been a lot of fun. Yeah, for Absolutely. sure. I, uh, Jeremy, I do have to plug something. By the time that this episode is released, you and I would have had a oh, pretty man. incredible experience. Um, I'm not going to. I'm. This is the ultimate tease. I'm not going to talk about it here. Oh Lord! But we are involved in other shows with the Front Row Network particularly uh, Beyond the Mouse, my Disney theme show. We have quite the opportunity coming up here in August, something that we will be announcing. So I would encourage you, if you are listening to this and at all interested in Disney, go check out Beyond the Mouse Podcast Pals Facebook group, because that is a group where I share more of my Disney stuff. And we have a heck of an announcement coming uh, later this month. Man, that's just just can't give them more. You just can't give them more. You got to come Quite on back, tease, everyone. Man. I'm excited. <laughs> I know, right? to see, I know yeah. I'll have to tell you, Nick, after we get done. Yes, we'll we'll, we'll get the inside scoop here off the air here. <laughs> All right, everyone, for peanut butter and biscuits, I am Jeremy. I'm Craig, and I'm Nick. And as always, everyone, be a goldfish. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Front Row Network, a proud Community Voices member of National Public Radio Illinois. For more from the Front Row Network, including our articles or our other dozens of shows, visit thefrontrownetwork.com or nprillinois.org slash programs slash network. You can also find us on social media by searching for the Front Row Network on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram, and on Twitter at Front Row Reviews with a Z.